is all that I can give to you. Love is more than just a game for two. Two in love can make it. Take my heart and please don't break it. Love was made for me and you. Welcome to Love Savers Radio, ministering the blessings of covenant. This is Walter and Sandy Fox from Love Savers Ministry, called by God to minister the blessings of the marriage covenant by enriching, encouraging, strengthening, and praying for the healing of marriages, especially marriages in crisis. Our program is sponsored by Living Water Church, located at 69 Industrial Road in Wainscott, under the leadership of Pastor Joe Kelly and his lovely wife, Margaret Kelly. Sunday services are at 10 a.m. with a pre-service prayer meeting at 9.30 a.m. Pastor Joe invites you to come and be refreshed. For more information, please call 631-537-2120. That's 631-537-2120. Our special guest today is Pastor Stephen Otterburn. Pastor Otterburn has over 8 million books in print, including Every Man's Battle and Healing is a Choice. He is the founder and chairman of New Life Ministries and host of New Life Live on syndicated Christian radio stations around the country. You can find more information about Pastor Otterburn at his website, newlife.com. Let's listen as Sandy discusses Pastor Otterburn's newest book, the seven-minute marriage solution published by Worthy Publishing. Good morning. We're going to discuss your new book today, The Seven-Minute Marriage Solution, Seven Things to Stop, Seven Things to Start, and Seven Minutes That Matter Most. And your book is based, we are told, on National Marriage Survey. And you said that you don't have to be walking out the door toward a divorce to utilize this plan, that um, your seven-minute marriage solution can make a pretty good marriage and take it even to a greater level of satisfaction. That is good. Um, Now, we all have issues with our mates. But overall, you feel that we make marriage ridiculously harder than it has to be. And um, Well, that's that's right. Yeah. Yeah. And what have you found to be some of the more thoughtless and common harmful marriage behaviors? Well, I think maybe the, the biggest thing is expecting that the person you're married to is going to change. Because uh, there are many things that will never change, and maybe even that they don't have the ability to change. You know, my wife was born with a birth defect. Uh, The clock in her head is off by about 30 minutes. And, you know, I can either be upset every time we're late to something, uh-huh. Now, I have started to lie to her and tell her things start an hour earlier than they do. Uh, but that she's kind of on to me on that. But, you know, right, I can because either... they say if you don't tell the truth, you don't go to heaven. But maybe in this, this would be an <laughs> exception. God would be merciful yeah. toward you. Yeah, okay. I think so. I think he would, think uh, so. he would be okay with it. But um, anyway, so I can either accept that or I can get upset every time. You know, we go somewhere. So I try to adapt my behavior to her 
and I try to accommodate um, her behavior that's kind of irritating to me, and we're both working on that all the time, versus thinking, man, I would be so happy if this person I'm married to would just be different or just be more like that ideal person that I thought I was going right. to marry. And, and, you know, that's one of the big problems that we have is that we hold people up to a standard that, that we kind of have out of an idealized view of what a person should be and what they're going to do for me. We think that they're going to meet every need that we have. Right. And um, it doesn't take too long after eating the wedding cake that you start to realize that just isn't going to happen. Right. That's true. Um expectations, unrealistic expectations. Mm. And another one is um, the whole feeling thing in marriage. Like when you first feel that spark, it's almost like insanity, that crazy in love feeling. And yeah. um, realistically, that's an unrealistic expectation if you think that's going to last for a lifetime. It usually kind of oh, yeah. yeah calms down. <laughs> some people say two years, some say four or five, but right. that's unrealistic. Well, you, you know, um, I think that um, the closest most people ever come being certifiably mentally ill is right. when they're in love. Yes. And, and I think that's the only way uh, God could get us together because, you know, men and women are so different. It's kind of that's a bad true. matchup. So, yeah. so we have all these romantic things that happen and they draw us together. And that's why it's so important to have really good friends around who can say, you know, when, when all of that fascination wears off, uh, I think you might see a different person there. Uh -huh. And if we're not connected to people that are willing to tell us the truth, then we can go blindly into a relationship. And then when things aren't fantastic, um, we hear from folks, well, I wanted to say something. I was afraid this was going to happen. And, yeah. you know, that's like, that's like, going and buying some jeans and somebody saying, oh, I wish you'd told me I could have gotten them for you on sale at this other place for $15 right. left. You know, that's just information we, right. we don't need anymore. We already got the jeans. So right. um, I think that people that read this book, you know, these seven things that you can stop instantly uh -huh. and seven things to start, they're just so... Uh, practical, and, and you don't have to go through some training program to do it. And, you know, for instance, um, you, the, the one thing that you have to do in your marriage is you have to respond to each other romantically. Uh, yes. Uh, the initial feelings of romance die, and then you've, you've got to do things that will try to create that spark again. And when one stops responding romantically and uh, sexually to the other, then you end up in this, uh, either you're angry at each other or you're just living as roommates or friends. Um, and, and it's just a, a very, very poor excuse for what marriage 
can be. And, right. It you know, becomes I always tell a distant people, relationship, like a distant yeah. cousin. And I tell people, you know, if if you if you divorce and you you go online to match dot com, they're going to match you with the person you just divorced because you've got so much in common. They're going to yeah. wow, look at that. They live in the same town, same number of kids. Right. So why not? Rather than go through all this misery and then repeat it with somebody else, right? Why not do something about it, fix it, uh, rather than just run away expecting that somebody else is going to do a better job for you? Right. You bring your own baggage to the scene, so to speak, too. And right. We're talking about that. Um, yeah. So that that's good to remember because. Um, one of the things that stops is that primary focus on romance, which you usually get in the dating stage of a relationship, a primary mm -hmm. focus on romance. So what do you do? Do you just let it go? No, you practice responding right. and creating right. um, romance and um, not just accept that that we're now uh, going to be distant relatives. Right, that's good. Right. Also, another thing um, that you mentioned in the book about the seven things to stop is um, you notice that before there's such gentleness and um, in a relationship in the courtship stage, but now you might mm -hmm. see a hidden temper that yes. you didn't know about uh, before, right. and that it's not—it's not just um, just the the plain big angry blowouts, but it's something I learned from your your book. I never thought about it before. There is irritation, which irritation comes from the same root as anger. And um, yes, that's right. so when you're married for a while, what you didn't see, because you see everything is perfect initially, that irritation comes in. <laughs> this morning, I have uh, something that where in the morning, my nasal um, passages uh, get me blowing my nose for about an hour. And um, by the time I have done uh, about 20 nose blows, this morning I noticed my husband Walter say, mm, and he made like this noise. And I said, what did you say? And he went, mm, well, I didn't say anything. I said, yes, you did. And I want to tell you that you're being irritated I just learned this, and that it's the root of anger. So you better go to the Lord with that. But he told me yeah. I ought to go to the other room with my nose and then come out. <laughs> so, well, now, now just think about that, yeah. how easy it would be for him to solve that problem. Yeah, uh, He can't fix your nose, but right. he can certainly either go to another room or he can go outside or... You know, he doesn't have to be with you that that hour right. where you're taking care of the problem. And, right, because I told so, him I can't. There's nothing I can do about it. it you no, know, it's beyond right. my control. But I, that's right. right. That would be well, there's nice. There's so many to, things. Yeah, there's so many things like that. I, I say to folks, you know, before you get married, you just 
you just love hearing each other breathe, and right. then after you're married a while, even the breathing starts <laughs> to irritate you, and you want this person to stop breathing, right. <laughs> and it, it's ridiculous. <laughs> right. But those are universal problems that that you can solve, not by waiting for the other person to change, but to start to see the positive things in that person and and see that, you know, maybe your entitlements are just a little too uh, much uh-huh. for the reality of who this person is. Yeah, that's a good way of looking at it, that you yeah. have entitlements. If you're a neat neck, for instance, you mentioned, uh, and oh, yeah. someone else is not um, that, like maybe you're the neat, or you have OCD and, and, and they're this sent away to become a member of Messi's Anonymous. That might right. be a problem there, right? Oh, I think that you mentioned whether, I think it was your book, that one night you felt that your wife's love tank is service, so you stayed up till all hours of the morning picking up piles so that everything would be perfectly neat to make her happy. Right, I love that. Well, yes, you know, I um, I have attention deficit disorder, and so, um, and I don't blame you know just a few things on it. I blame everything on it, and so I'll I'll get involved with the kids with the project, and then we'll move on to something else, and we'll leave a pile right. there, and and so I have to be very intentional about no more. And so that's what I try to do to adapt my behavior. But my instinct is just leave it there. I'm going to come back to it eventually. But that isn't something that produces anxiety. So the kids and I, we really try to clean up after each other. And, you know, one of the other things that I say in this book that you need to start is you need to start having fun again and you need to be dating and you need to find those things that you enjoy my wife and i love to dance if we're in a mall and and we like the mall music well we'll just start dancing and and often people will will join us but we have a lot of fun together and you know you you talk about something that fills up a love tank the older we get sometimes the less we want to get out and do something fun, and it's really important uh, that we have great friendships, people that are wanting to be with us, and people that are encouraging us to get out with them and have some fun. Yes, I thought that was um, wonderful, too, and uh, also recreationally, uh, some people say, well, the husband likes to go out and, and hunt or shoot or fish or whatever, and the wife wants to stay home and do her hand-stitching. But I have a relative who said, well, I got involved, you know, going on these great hunts and things, and, and my husband just, he loved to have me go fishing with him. I think it's because he loved buying all the clothes and the gear mm-hmm. for me. Mm-hmm. The boots and, well, and yeah. Think of what that does to a husband when um, someone that doesn't even know what football is all about decides, right. you know, he's so interested in that. I'm going to learn mm-hmm. what the rules are, and I'm going to pick a team, and I'm going to get interested in it. 
And, you know, my mom, um, she's 84, and one of the things that she says that's one of her biggest regrets is that she didn't learn more about football and connect with my dad while he was alive um, over something that he absolutely was just crazy about. And so, um, and, and the same with men. Men need to learn uh, everything uh, domestic that they possibly can and, and do it with your spouse. And, and don't, you know, become this macho male who won't lower himself to cook or to clean or, or anything else that's needed around the house. And, and these are just things that make the relationship easier rather than more difficult. But maybe the most important thing to start is start respecting your spouse. Because if you yes. don't respect them, and you're putting them down, and and especially even in your mind, if there's not respect there, then uh, you're not going to want to do any of this other stuff. And you can either focus on all the crummy stuff, or you can uh, give yourself a little attitude correction there and start looking for the good and the positive and express it to them when you see it, how proud you are of them or proud to be their spouse. If there's anything at all that you can point to that's respectable or worth a comment. Yes, that means so much. I think especially because um, I have heard it said that respect to a man is like the air he breathes, like love to yes. a woman is like the air she breathes. And Correct. I yes. have noticed that... Um, when I affirm my husband in certain areas, he just excels uh, even yes. more. Uh, I yes. mean, it's and, like really the, beautiful. Yeah. It is amazing how a man will respond. But I, I do want to say this, that, you know, we do marriage workshops, and we, uh -huh. we see uh, marriages. Uh, we've, we've had people that were divorced two years and had a restraining order against each other to get back together. Yes. And and I, one of the things that we know is so important is that he show respect to her. That's uh, sure, true. Sure, she yes. wants love, but she yes. wants to be respected. And we, we've yes. seen so many men be dismissive uh -huh. of the spouse uh -huh. and treat them less than. And I think that's really important if a man wants to make the best of it. Yes. That he asked himself, you know, am I showing this woman that I chose, am I showing her respect? That's true. Um, that is very true. Um, what would you have to say about uh, the money situation? Because I have heard it said that one of the primary reasons for divorce is financial, which really surprised me. No, it is true. It, uh -huh. You know, if if there's one area that is is so difficult for so many people, even to talk about, it's this yeah. area of finances. And, and the way I put it in the book is to start being financially responsible. And and all of us um, have different ways that we look at money. There are different personalities that handle money in different ways. But we really have to set all that aside and say, here's how much, you know, we, we make. Here's the money that's available. Here's how much we're going to save. Right. Here's how much we're going to invest. 
here's what we want to give back to other people. Yeah. And then here's here's the rest that we need to live on. Right. And um, I just I just think that if we don't have those tough conversations and 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 we don't make some decisions that we don't want to make, we're never going to be able to live the way we want to live. So you really have to put some responsibility in there early on. That's right, like slaying the dragon of debt, as you say. No kidding. Right, and be mutually accountable. So I guess you both should be um, a part of all the decision-making regarding that. Um, Right. And then you said something about yours, mine, and ours. Do you believe in making decisions on that which is ours, but you might have a little of your own spending money for your well, little Well, I, yeah. I think um, each person needs to have their own uh, discretionary money to spend right. where they're, they're not controlled by the other person. Right. And uh, if, you know, if you don't, then many times you're being held hostage yeah. And uh, you're like hired help that's allocated a little bit of money. And, you know, I, right. I believe in being financially responsible, but I don't believe um, that it's honoring for a man to use money to control a woman. I, I right. say that throughout the book. Nor the same for a woman to control a man in that way. Right. It, uh, it works both ways. And, and you have to have some uh, grace and understanding and freedom but the key message is to be responsible. Right. Um, you mentioned to start practicing your lifetime vows. Make sure that you don't take risks, that you follow the rules. Right. Can you embellish upon that a bit? Well, one of the things that we do at New Life that is, uh, we've had over 10,000 men go through our Every Man's Battle workshop. Yes because they weren't keeping their vows. Maybe they never had an affair, but they're insulting their wives by going online, using pornography. Um, And and I've found many women, when they've discovered this, it is as painful to them as if he had been having an affair all that time because they're afraid of being compared to these perfect examples and all. Uh And it's just... It's a betrayal of trust. So um, I say in the book, you know, that yeah. sticking to your vows isn't just not having sex with someone, but it's your attitude and it's where your mind goes right. and what you focus on uh, that is just as important as not having sex with another person. I, I think our marriage vows these days come up a little short, and, um, you know, I've seen some people revise them. Uh, to include uh, all other areas of, uh, you know, including pornography and emotional affairs and all this. They just, I'm going to be true to you, uh-huh. mind, body, and heart, and I'm not going to uh, let anybody else interfere with that. Yeah. Okay, that was that was very good to cover that. Now, you know, Dr. Stoop said that you get more than seven minutes out of this wonderful book of yours. Um, It can last a lifetime in a good marriage if the couples really work on it together. And what would you say is the seven minutes that matter most? 
Well, I think um, if you want to have the best marriage possible, you need to set aside at least seven minutes every day where you're sitting down together, eyeball to eyeball, and it's kind of rebooting the relationship. It's 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 connecting um, with with each other face to face. And I I created a companion devotional Bible to go with this uh-huh. where I do it for you. And I, I you, you read something that's inspirational and and you uh, read a little bit of verse for him and her, and it just takes seven minutes. But right. a lot of people do not sit down with each other in an entire week for seven minutes, just the two of them, to connect and uh, kind of right. face forward rather than harboring all those resentments uh, that we can harbor. So right. uh, the seven-minute Mary solution is um, it is earth-shatteringly um, healing to a difficult relationship when they both make that seven-minute commitment every day to be with each other. Right. Well, Pastor Steve, I want to thank you so much for being with us to discuss the seven-minute marriage solution. And I'm going to leave you you with that thought that uh, you even mention a three-strand cord is not easily broken, you, your spouse, and the Lord. So we will say goodbye and God bless for now. Thank you so much for letting yeah, thank you for letting me share. Thank you for sharing. Okay, bye for now. Seven minutes of prayer together every day will definitely strengthen and encourage your marriage. Next week we have as a special guest Leslie Parrott and she's going to talk about her book, The Good Fight How Conflict Can Bring You Closer. So until then thanks for listening. It's not too late to your marriage, call Love Savers at 917-804-5034. That's 917-804-5034. Or write us at lovesavers1 at aol.com. That's lovesavers with the number one at aol.com. God bless you. That his way is always perfect And he's not finished yet So look up in expectation He will hear and intercede He's a present help in trouble And he'll provide just what you need It's not too late
is all.